Say, Law 360's weekly podcast. I'm your host, Amber McKinney. And as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Bill Donahue. Hello, hello. No gobble gobble. That would have been the play, but I'm <sighs> not smart. I'm disappointed. Line, Alex, line I'm, editing of the uh, of the greeting. Noted that's, idiot, <laughs> Bill Donahue. <laughs> Mrs. Thing. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's Alex Lawson speaking. Yeah. Uh, pass me the stuffing, somebody. Where is this? Great. This is a, yeah. this is a very stuffed show we have uh, true. planned here. So yeah. if you haven't gathered, um, this is obviously our Thanksgiving episode. It actually is coming out um, right after Thanksgiving. So you're probably listening to this while you're having your leftovers from your big dinner. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is where we give thanks for all the legal absurdities that we uh, helped everyone uh, wade through this year. And it was uh, was a big year in that regard. Uh, There were a lot to choose from. This is one of my favorite things we do every year where we go back through our our offbeat segments and listen to the ones we want to revisit. I just have laughed at my desk all afternoon listening to these. Uh, And I think probably the... Best place to start is something that became a real fixture of the entire show, uh, which recurring is, theme. Yeah, the um, well, and there's we're, there's a whole little bucket of like public corruption junction stuff we're gonna go through here, beginning with your home state, Amber, West Virginia. Uh, I think regular listeners are probably up to date on the saga of the. Supreme Court graft going on. Yeah, guys, I mean, we've talked about it time and time again on the show. I can't resist discussing it for what I think is the fourth time on Per Yeah, Se. sure. Yeah. It was a couple um, offbeats, and I think we did a main We did where, ours, where or, I was, I was yeah. a special guest. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Supreme Court in my home state of West Virginia, the entire Supreme Court was impeached, and that <laughs> continued to Natch. unfold. Still funny is just a thing to say. It yeah. is, but even funnier, I think, is where this all started with us talking about it. Do you guys remember the Supreme Court justice who bought the $32,000 custom blue couch? I mean, how how what, could you what kind of question is that? He's the same guy that had the, um, the I think it was around $34,000 for a specialty floor inlay that was shaped like the state of West Virginia. And mm-hmm. his home county was in granite and everything else was in wood. Yeah. He, had a, he, had, he had a bust of John Denver uh, in the office. <laughs> now that, that, that he, one's He fake. didn't, but that sounds so almost like it right, would the, fit right in. Yeah, the jokes don't even really work because it's like absurd <laughs> on its face. Well, the, the most absurd part of it that I th- always thought was one of the funniest things. Um, he literally wrote a book about corruption in West Virginia before he became one of uh, the best yes. known corrupt politicians right. from West Virginia. Yeah. Um, so there is an update to this, which is why I'm bringing it up for the fourth time. His name was uh, Justice Lowry, and he just days ago stepped down. He tendered his resignation right before he was going to face another um, round of impeachment hearings. You're right. Our long statewide nightmare (laughs) is over. So his letter of resignation was one sentence. I'd like to read it. Remember, this is a person who's been convicted of fraud, witness tampering, and making false statements. And this is all he says. I hereby resign my position as justice on the Supreme Court of Appeals of West Virginia at the close of business on November 12th, 2018. Short and to the point. That's it. That's all he said. So he's not a judge anymore. I'm guessing he's going into furniture retailing. <laughs> I mean, he has an eye for it. I don't know. Uh, that's good. Anything else on that, or is that the? Uh... Yeah. So that was the the big one since it yeah. just happened. But um, you know, we we've seen a lot of back and forth about the state uh, high court. There, it's still not all completely over because there's still some ongoing litigation about some of the other justices. But I right. just wanted to put a pin in that final bit of Lowry's saga. Well, we will miss him. Uh, out of the public uh, eye, but the judicial branch does not have a monopoly on public corruption, no. Uh, You may recall a few weeks ago, we told you about uh, a pair of Republican lawmakers 
Uh, Chris Collins of New York and Duncan Hunter of California. Duncan. Yeah. Uh, they had both been hit with federal indictments. Um, Collins was accused of giving stock tips to family members about um, a biotech company that he had a stake in. Who among us? Uh, yeah, some insider and trading. He, he gave those tips while he was at the White House? Right, yes. Uh, good memory there. Um, and uh, Hunter... Uh, allegedly spent about $250,000 of campaign funds on personal items ranging from uh, lavish European vacations to uh, gas station purchases. Sure. Yeah, that guy's guy was story just living. Was, yeah. That guy's stories was crazy, too, because it was stuff like he needed to buy some shorts and his wife was like, yeah, get them at a pro shop and we'll say it's golf balls for the wounded warriors. Balls for wounded warriors. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then there was the other one that was like just, you know, it's going to be for that Christian stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. big time. Well, I, oh, I and I, I meant to update. Uh, I looked at the uh, the indictment again. We ran through the indictment on the uh, on the original show. Because um, he's also the vaping congressman, sure, as you remember. Sure. So I wanted to see if he spent any of it on vaporizers oh, or e-cigarettes, and I keyed a search for a couple different terms. Didn't find anything. However, did buy regular chewing tobacco and regular cigarettes. So I don't know if this is before he got into the vaping. Huh. Well, in his famous, yeah, right, in his famous uh, congressional vaping moment, he yeah. did say that he had used it to quit smoking. Oh, so. sure. okay. Yeah, see, I don't know the, how the timeline lines up here. Anyway, uh, uh, we bring it up again just because we just had midterm elections. Let me guess. They definitely lost, right? No. Collins and Hunter both uh, somewhat easily reclaimed their seats. Uh, like I said, Collins, um, a- actually Collins had a, had a closer race in New York. But um, the irony of Collins is that at one point he said he was going to s- suspend his campaign and not considered not running. And yeah. then he was like, never mind, I'll yeah. win, it's okay. You know, we were only a couple weeks out from the election, he could probably weather the storm, and he was right. Um, that was a closer one, that was like 51 to 48 over his Democratic challenger. Hunter uh, was a, a little bit easier margin of victory out west, but they're going back. Uh, the, in- <laughs> yeah. the indictments proceed, um, and uh, they'll be here writing various laws, probably vaping during hearings. Sure. Uh, lest you accuse us of being partisan hacks, Democratic Senator Bob Menendez, who was partially acquitted of public corruption charges and then had rest of his case thrown out, also reelected to another six-year term in New Jersey. I was listening to this segment, and I, I stressed my concern that maybe democracy isn't for us. Um, <laughs> Guys, and I'd just like to like to make the point again for the record a yeah. couple months you know, later. In this in this Thanksgiving-themed show, I, I um, thought we were going to do fun things. Can yeah. we move on to one where I actually feel a little more upbeat at the end of uh, We've got talking some, about I it? think. All right, so the main feature of today's show is going to be looking back at some of our favorite moments from uh, the offbeat sections that that end each of our episodes. Uh, and the first one, pretty fun, takes us in a different direction from, uh, you know, pretty serious corruption that we've been talking about. Um, it's a story of a man who is not nice to women on dating apps, and it veered into uh, fairly serious criminality. It was on our uh, on our September episode. Take a listen. We don't have a ton of time, but we, we can't pass up a quick offbeat. And Bill, I know you have a really good one for us. It's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, okay, so I'm no criminal. Uh, Glad we got that on the record. <laughs> but I think, if I, I think if I was going to start breaking, you know, breaking the law in, in a long sort of methodical years long effort <laughs> uh, involving many victims and a, and a serious digital paper trail. Please continue with this hypothetical I wouldn't use my own name. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, uh, right. Nobody told that to Paul Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, the famous Los Angeles dine and dash dater. Okay. Uh, oh, I love that moniker. Who is facing a preliminary hearing this week on charges that he ditched 10 different dates for a combined $1,000 in restaurant tabs. All right. Uh, okay. I'm intrigued. Tell yep. us more. So 
According to prosecutors, Gonzalez went on a string of dates over a period of two years with women that he met on dating apps, and each time he left before the waiter came back with the check. He would get the, it was sort of the same thing every time. He would get super charmy and he would order a, just like a, a stunning amount of food and then, <laughs> and then come up with, once he had eaten, he would come up with an excuse. Like he, he had like a, someone who was calling him or he had to go to the bathroom or whatever. And then he would just disappear. Um, wait, wait, is he leaving the women on the hook for the check? Or are they still sitting at the table? Yeah. So in eight oh, of the cases, on. the women paid for, for the, the check. And in two <laughs> of the cases, the restaurant, I guess, felt bad and just ate the charge. Sure. They're like, they're like, I don't know where this guy is. But so what's crazy here is that before he got caught, um, uh, he had already become sort of famous that during the two years that this was going what? on, this story was picked up by a bunch of different L.A. outlets. It was picked up by the l- local CBS station and by Eater. Um, he became famous for doing this? Yes, infamous. and what's most nuts is that he was using his real name and picture on these <gasps> dating apps. So <laughs> as early as 2016, uh, CBS had a story that was like all about this, and it detailed this serial dating ditcher guy terrorizing the women of LA had his name had his picture like <laughs> that's what makes it so sadistic because like dining and dashing is definitely something you could just do by yourself or do it with the other person I'm not saying you should ever dine and dash it's mean no. to your waiter and it's mean to everybody but it else is, but it adds this layer of like dating's hard enough this guy yes. this then... guy saw Bonnie and Clyde and was like Bonnie is holding this guy back <laughs> obviously and look I go on dating app dates sometimes and sometimes <laughs> okay. you feel the urge to leave but always leave money leave so, some money so I have to say this from you know just equality standpoint sometimes women do pick up the tab for dates so how exactly is he on the hook um for legal charges over this well because the implicit i mean the implicit agreement when you go out to eat with someone is that you're going to split the bill if you at at the very least at the very least you are on the hook for what you ordered versus what i mean but so well anyway what's what what's he looking at here Charge wise, he's facing seven counts of extortion, two counts of attempted extortion, um, uh, grand theft, and two misdemeanor counts of defrauding grand an innkeeper. Theft? That's a lot yes. of food. I'm sorry, run run that last one back. Uh, two misdemeanor counts of defrauding an innkeeper, an which innkeeper. I guess in California law is is <laughs> no, I know there's like those parochial terms. So That's very he funny could to me. serve up to 13 years in prison. Oh my god! I really like this story in the context of this show because earlier in the show <laughs> we talked about we talked about how the State Farm thing is kind of like a John Grisham novel. Yeah, I like the idea of this being like sort of a like a wedding crashers story. Oh, like, sure, 100. You know, like like dating dashers. Uh, like the, the I don't know, like the yeah, like, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, he thought he was just halfway through, just finding love and then getting arrested for leaving 10 other women. Um, <laughs> so what awaits our friend Paul here? Uh, he's got an arraignment. Uh, or no, sorry. He was arraigned already okay. um, uh, on the 25th, and he pleaded not guilty. And he's got a preliminary hearing tomorrow. Nice. Not so, guilty. Uh, to the hilt. On, on Friday the 7th. So right. uh, stay tuned. Check, please. <laughs> that story's still so crazy, guys. Well, you know, we were talking about this off the air, and uh, you know, I'm in favor of all sorts of criminal justice reform, but this guy, <laughs> I don't know, throw him away. I, I don't care. Like, I, the, the, well, just, as you said, it's not even a. I mean, it's it's plainly illegal, but but as you say, it is a breaching of the social contract as much as it is like common law. Right. I I I just have no sympathy. I think it's the amount of times he did it that it's like if if you did this once and they brought you up on on criminal charges. Sure. Whatever. I stand by but, the idea that like Alex and I as the two people who are married and not out in the dating market, we're like, yeah, I mean, it's funny and he shouldn't have done that. But you out there in the dating world are like, <laughs> no, it's terrible what he did. It's just so like 
I don't know. Everyone, everyone plays by the rules. What are you doing? Like, what? Yeah. Right. It's just right. I, I, I cannot countenance his buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, I, I wonder if he'll go. I wonder if they'll allow him out uh, to go to a restaurant for Thanksgiving. I can't imagine though uh, with this uh, with this track. You know, some people would say he's a moron. It's true. It's um, a great. It's a great little transition. And Thanks. we've all. Uh, and I mean. Speaking of criminal justice reform, one reform I can't get behind is anything that would bar an attorney from calling his client a moron uh, in open court, uh, which, of course, came up in a story we talked about uh, in August. Uh, We then also got into uh, a fun bit of uh, legal uh, pedantic uh, behavior from a member of the Supreme Court about the pronunciation of gerrymandering. Guys, some weeks we really struggle to come up with what is going to be in our offbeat segment. And then other weeks we have a bounty of choices. And I think that's what we have this week. Yeah. Uh, the first thing, we, we, we have two to talk about today. The first one, I just want to talk really quick. We just couldn't not talk about this thing that happened in, in, uh, in the Southern District of New York this week. Uh, there's a, there's a, biote- a former biotech CEO named Patrick Maraca, and he mm-hmm. is on trial in New York right now for basically, it was like an investment fraud scam. He's, he, 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 he took money that investors gave to his company and spent it on things like rent, cigars. Maracas. His, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> uh, uh, his fiance's restaurant. So he's got a lot of problems. It's a Moroccan restaurant. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, look at you. I know. Uh, so he's facing all kinds of fraud claims and things like that. And his lawyer, his own lawyer, uh, is employing the always creative uh, strategy uh, that we see at play sometimes. This is from Pete Brush's story, who was in the, who was in court this week. Uh, but Morocco's lawyer, Bennett M. Epstein, told the jury his client was serious about the fight against cancer despite his business foibles, which included him trying to run his companies from the caboose of a railroad-themed restaurant. As you do. Morocco is, here are the quotes, a brilliant diagnostic technician, but a total moron for not keeping proper accounting records, Epstein said. This is his own lawyer, mind you. He told this to the jury. Uh, so that's very funny. We saw that in I the Shkreli that. case. Like, yeah. the, the I, love, I love the tactic of like, this... of like, I don't like him. No one should like him. <laughs> but does not liking him mean, mean he broke the law? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I feel yeah. like it's a trend now. I feel like it's just like, yeah, this guy's the worst. Yes. But legally. I punched him in the still... face right before I came in here. We put some put some makeup on. You can't tell. I struck him. But but that's not here nor there. So that's so that's going on in New York. Um, the, other really th- the other really interesting thing uh, that popped up is, you know, there I was on Twitter and the official Law 360 account brings up a poll and it says, how do you pronounce gerrymandering? Uh, gerrymandering. With the I'm going to so- go with gerrymandering. With the, so- <laughs> with the soft G or the hard G. And then you have to, in your head, think like, what's the hard G way? Gerrymandering. Uh. And I was, I, I, we, I did some reading to see how Outrageous. we would just, how we would ask such a question. Gerrymandering won in the informal poll in a landslide. Um, but I wonder know, if the district of that poll had been yeah. Well, <laughs> no, um, the uh, so no, nobody here thinks that it should be pronounced gerrymandering, but you know who does think that? The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts. Wow. What? Is it? No, it's John Robert, right? <laughs> it's a soft T. Yes. Um, so that came to light uh, this uh, this week. Uh, an, it was a report originally by the Boston Globe. We wrote about it. But basically, a little history lesson here. The term uh, gets its name from 19th century politician Elbridge Gerry. Now, <laughs> oh, he was... I see where we're now, going Now, he here. was James Madison's vice president, and he was a governor of Massachusetts. Yep. And one of his signature political achievements was signing a bill that basically redrew state Senate territories to provide a political advantage. I remember sure. this from history class. Is that like the salamander-y looking thing? It was drawn... It was drawn 
uh, by a political cartoonist the new map, the new section of uh-huh. the map, and it looked it like Gary's Mander. It looked like a salamander, right. and then he said, "This is the Gary Mander." Got it. Over time, of course. Would the- you say that they're applying a strict <laughs> sort of constructionist approach to phonetics? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We definitely don't, we don't yeah. have to get... Yeah. Is this the new GIF GIF? Well, is that what's mm, happening here? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean that's it is. also an unfortunate it, yeah, discussion. It's it, it's an offshoot of that, obviously. So anyway, this 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 came to light because uh, Gary, it's hard to even read his name and not say Jerry because right. I say gerrymandering. Gary's hometown is a, is a place called Marblehead, Massachusetts. And it, the, the township itself actually sent a letter to the Supreme Court saying, hey, listen, you're hearing these, these gerrymandering cases and you're saying it wrong. Would you consider... Uh, changing your pronunciation. That town That's needs amazing. a few more problems. Yeah, uh, they've got too much time on their hands it for legislating. Began, it, it, it actually began. This is in this is in our story and in the Globe story. It began. A resident of Marblehead is actually the grandmother of uh, John Mulaney, the comedian. Oh, oh sure, very good. And, and she had Love encouraged him to go on Late Night with Seth Meyers and 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 correct the record on <laughs> Gary Mandering. That didn't take root, so she wrote to John Roberts about it. Anyway, she was like, I couldn't get my famous son to grandson right. to do it, so I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have write to go a letter. <laughs> anyway, uh, an emissary counselor for Roberts uh, basically wrote back and said the judge agreed. Uh, basically, the, 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 the judge said, yeah, you know what? You're right. I've I've surveyed the historical record. But the liberal wing of the court, they're they're in favor we'll of expansion. Ex- you know, the, the well, phonetics are a living, breathing <laughs> thing. Anyway, yeah, we don't have to get into They grow over time. Prescriptivism. We'll, we'll see if he right. puts his money where his mouth is the next time they take up a case on right. this issue well, and how he pronounces it in oral arguments. The stakes were already high for Jerry gerrymandering cases. Right. Political, but politically, and now we have something extra to watch when one comes up again to see if Roberts or anybody else uh, adopts this pronunciation. I wonder how Thomas will pronounce it. <laughs> oh, what we'll a guy. never know. And you know, that remains ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, the, um, I, yeah. I just wanted to say, just today we're we're recording this a little bit ahead of Thanksgiving so that we can put out this episode while we're all with our families, mm-hmm. but. Um, the high court is seeking standing arguments in a racial gerrymandering case. Mm-hmm. So if those arguments go well, we could get another case on the docket and have a chance to hear them say one way or another. I mean, we joke about it. it. I really am kind of curious, especially Roberts, when they release the right. audio recordings. It was like, well, gerrymandering. <laughs> they include a little footnote just with yeah. the, uh, the phonetic uh, script. Happy to talk about the story with my favorite morons. So thanks, guys. You know, guys, we we use the offbeat segment to talk about goofy stuff that emerges in the law. Um, And this definitely qualifies as that. But it's also a bit of service journalism on our part. If you have ever injured yourself using a toilet at a a federal government facility, you could be in line for some legal uh, remuneration here. This sounds like a Saul Goodman commercial. And that's (laughs) and that's kind of what happened with this person uh, uh, from the story we covered in May uh, who injured herself. Uh, at the White House Easter egg roll coming out of uh, a toilet. We like to end our show with something offbeat, and guys, I just really couldn't pass up this headline. White House toilet tumble suit heads to mediation. Okay. Mm. Uh, I mean, let's 
Let's dive in. <laughs> sure. To the toilet. You want to wondering what a toilet tumble is? Sure. I mean, yeah. Is that a term of art? Or? Uh, it should be. It's okay. not, but should be. Okay. Uh, so here's what happened. There was a Virginia woman who has sued the federal government and a portable toilet company for $4 million over a broken foot. Well, wait a minute. I mean, some would say that the federal government uh, is a toilet company, uh, but uh, I don't mean wow. editorial. Alex, look, we've tried to keep politics. Some out of this. would say that's a classic couch. Sorry. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, this woman, um, she sustained this injury in 2012. She was attending the White House Easter egg roll. You guys see that on TV every year. It's yeah. A, yep, a very yep. well attended event at the White House. And um, we're talking about it today because it got shifted to mediation, but okay. really just so I can tell this woman's tale. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I mean. Go ahead. <laughs> so I have questions, but let's, sure, sure. But let, uh, I have arguably too many questions. <laughs> Pro- probably. Well, have you guys ever seen those sort of? Um, they're not porta potties like the little things. They're like a trailer that has like stairs you walk up into. Sure, oh, they're fancy yes. porta potties. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, how the other, how I mean, the other half poops. I mean, it's the Easter egg <laughs> roll. I'm the slab. We're not gonna. Yeah. So it's a classy occasion. Yeah. So some of these were set up, and there are sets of stairs that lead up to them. So this woman went to the bathroom, and as she was coming down the stairs, she slipped okay. and sustained this injury. I like things about this, though, about how a lawyer describes what happened. Sure. Yeah. I would like to read yeah. this quote. Plaintiff fell on the second step. Her foot slipped and she slammed down. The step was very slippery and did not provide traction. Although there was water to wash your hands, there were no towels or dryers available to dry your hands. Oh, man. As a result, water collected on the stairs, <laughs> making them slick. <laughs> It's wow. good. I mean, it's yeah. very, it's very forensic. That's um, what. That's how you learn to write in law school, guys. Yeah, it's good. That's basically what it is. Uh, I mean, we've all gotten too drunk at Easter. Like, I mean, <laughs> we've been there. You're, sure. You're you're eating the ham. It's thirsty. You know, you got to do something. Yeah. So the other thing that sort of catches your eye about this one, it's a four million dollar claim. So it's <laughs> no small potatoes for a foot injury. So just to let everybody know, <laughs> four million dollar foot injury. Well, and yeah. I guess... Well, no, because people, you know, you think back to like when it was the McDonald's scalding case years ago, and people were outraged at the price the yeah. tag attached to that. So just to make it clear, this woman's injuries were pretty bad. Her foot had to be, um, she had to have surgery, a bunch of pins inserted. Um, lost wages and medical costs and okay. you know mental pain. She's suing for all of that. Although, when you do hear the word toilet tumble, <laughs> I was picturing worse, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you hear about a personal injury lawsuit involving a, a, a tumble from a toilet, I don't know. I, I was expecting gorier details. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean... I like what? not to laugh too much about it wasn't my really foot terrible, got mangled up. so, you know, we well, try to keep it light, guys. So, okay, it's so it's in, yeah, well, and then we can go out on this, guys. So it was the White House, it was, it was the White House Easter Egg Roll? How about this? Shite House. Wow. That's wow. good. <clears throat> I mean... Anything else? Four out of ten. Well, okay, all right. I'm not going to leave it there because I did not like that. Oh, so. all right, well, go on. <laughs> so I just, the thing that really caught my eye about this one, the, the real reason I wanted to talk about it was that to me it was like, there's a lot of people listening right now that are attorneys or, in, or law students in school, and this was like my 1L torts class just came to life. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's just... It, Your you 1L can, toots class. Yeah, definitely that. <laughs> yep. um, so the woman says that the toilet manufacturer and the government were negligent because they didn't have the towels in the dryer, like the quote that I read. Right. And, and that means the injury was foreseeable. That's classic tort stuff. Um, but the government says that it was her own negligence, and she assumed the risk, and that's approximate cause. Wow. Guys, this is... If you want to know how this all turns out, just look in your blue book. That's where the answer to this case is. I thought of a better one. Okay. Executive stench. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. Instead of branch, that's where we're at? Yeah. Okay. Uh, shoot. There's probably... Uh, nope, nope, guys, we're in. I was trying this to now. do like ex- we're, excrementative we're nope, branch. Nope, nope, we're okay. stopping now. Okay. That's it. That's the end know. of all okay. of this. Well, West stink. <laughs> That's fine. When she got out of the bathroom, I was nose garden in the rose garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Kind of a visual one I'm holding. That is. Holding uh, my yeah. fingers over my nose. It's always good for a podcast when you Harry need S. the visual. Harry S. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yes. <laughs> Shut it down. Let's go home. Oh. <laughs> Just to, you to, know, that's the pun game at its finest, guys. To uh, to really set the scene in the room, our our editor here could be heard laughing at the end of that segment, and he's laughing again at our same <laughs> stupid jokes. You know, I feel like Let's that really encapsulates sort of the ethos of this show. Sure, it's true. Um, did have a small update uh, okay. on on toilet tumble. Uh, as it is, uh, when we talked about it, we mentioned, you just heard us mention there that it had gone to mediation. That was in May. Sometime around June, the, the mediation was called off. They couldn't, uh, they, they couldn't reach any kind of agreement in mediation. So they're back in court and it's like actually going forward. They're doing like Dober motions for like expert testimony. Um, the company who makes the, in the, we were calling them porta potties and toilets, uh, within the, suit they're called comfort stations kind of made me laugh <laughs> oh because they're the fancy ones they gotta well, give it a different name comfort yeah. stations uh at issue in the case uh they have ba- that 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 company has basically filed motions to uh exclude these experts like man i mean i know we always talk about how technical expert witnesses get but they've got these guys talking about like the level like the the level of friction provided by the staircases on the comfort wow. stations is not up to like a reasonable expectation of safety it's um, it's, it's, it's really going some places, uh, perhaps down the toilet. I don't know. Uh, but that's, um, it's about where we're at on that one. So, uh, I want to turn now to our final one of this episode. Um, I feel like a lot of fodder for our offbeat comes from the world of entertainment. We talk a lot about uh, musicians and, yeah. and mm-hmm. sometimes TV stars. And I have been currently watching the new, uh, version of Jersey Shore. Oh, yes. Good. Show I love. Yes. Um, so I'd like to go back in time and listen to a clip about Mike the Situation Sorrentino. We like to end our show with something offbeat, and I've brought one I want to talk about today, guys. All right. Do you remember Michael Sorrentino? I don't remember. That That name doesn't, yeah, that does, name doesn't, doesn't Does strike me as something I... Does it help you if I remind you of someone called The Situation? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Who forget? Check okay. out, yes, of course. We're in Jersey Shore territory now, yeah, which is sure. why I want to talk about this one. So the Sitch was one of the self-proclaimed guidos mm-hmm. of that show. Yeah, he was on the MTV reality show um, in, from about 2009 to 2012. Sure. It was a big hit. We people wrote I can't a lot believe that show lasted that long. By the way, it was great television. Yeah. Was I good. watched every episode of that it's, show. It's on Hulu now. Ooh, I don't know if you know that. You could relive yeah. that Might life. go back and pop anyway. that on tonight. <laughs> anyway, what's he? I think yeah. it's great that the person who currently lives in Jersey and the person from Jersey both are like, yeah, watched all of that. <laughs> Loved that show. <laughs> So what's he up to now? <laughs> so it's bad for the sitch. Um, the latest is that this week, Mike and his brother, Mark Sorrentino, both pled guilty to um, tax-related charges. Oh, so it ain't so. Well, here's the part I'm sad about. They pled guilty because there was a trial that was slated to start next month. I was hoping there'd be a whole trial Ooh, about this. Would have been cool. Shows, his, shows his abs mid mid. He calls Robbie and Sammy Sweetheart as character witnesses. Right. <laughs> they start fighting in the courtroom. They have yeah, to be right. removed by a bailiff. They have a lover's quarrel. In front of them. 
Snooky so, pukes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that definitely would happen. Yeah. So he pled guilty with his brother. They'd been indicted on a whole bunch of stuff, guys. It yeah. was um, conspiracy to defraud the U.S., tax evasion, filing false tax returns, sometimes not filing tax returns. And it was all during this- Skipping leg day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and all of these charges were related to the period when he was on the show and making the most money. Oh, so yeah. The- Gym, tax evasion, laundry. That's what <laughs> That's they used to say, right? Totally yeah, GTL, baby. That's what they used to say? Yeah. So this all happened because they created some businesses. I guess reality stars probably do this a lot. Yeah. Where they have businesses. Well, you come into a lot there. of money, right? And then you probably give it to people like your dumbass brother who like <laughs> like start using it idea. in stupid ways. And yeah. so I really like the name of these businesses. Oh. Um, one is MPS Entertainment. Sure. His initials, obviously. Great. And the other one is Situation Nation. Oh yeah. Nice. That's my Sounds favorite. like an energy drink company. Definitely. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm starting is, an energy drink company that's, MMA brand. That's right on brand yeah, for him yeah. though. That's Perfect. So uh, failed to pay the taxes, and that's how this all happened, to the tune of he was making $9 million. So the tax bill was pretty hefty. Wait, you're saying that like in an ongoing sense? Like he he was making like per season $9 million? Uh, No, let me rephrase. Cumulative or whatever. It was cumulative. Okay. And it wasn't just paid out by the show. Otherwise, I'd rethink yeah, he had my different career streams, track. Club uh, deals. Appearance fees. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. It was yeah. merch. It was uh, book deals. He was doing personal <laughs> book appearances. Book <laughs> hey, Snooki wrote two books, you I guys. Know. I'm I sure didn't, she did. I did not read them, but they were very successful. Sure. Um, yeah. So it was just the reality TV star stuff you would imagine, trying yeah. to extend your brand and stay relevant. The other, the other thing that the situation was famous for beyond this, I remember that he... I only remember that he bombed at a Comedy Central roast, but I didn't remember who the roast was. Oh, of. who was it? I looked it up before when I was preparing for the show. It was a roast of Donald Trump. No <laughs> way! I'm, I'm not lying. I was like, wow. Oh, that's perfect. That is like a classic 2011 story. Man, don't we pine for a simpler time? When, when like, we watch the Jersey Shore? When like the, like the, the, the biggest controversy of the day was like, are we perpetuating Italian-American stereotypes like on the Jersey Shore? Those were the times. It was best when the Italian-American stereotypes were on a show called the Jersey Shore and not Scaramucci in the White House. <laughs> right, right, right. right. To, to bring it all back around yeah, to the Oval. Yeah. Yeah, just right. a bunch okay. of spiky-haired, just <laughs> drunk kids wailing on their biceps, Have, having a good time. Yeah. Well, we'll see if he ends up in prison or not. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's a nice little, nice little button up. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about like the lifestyle's not entirely different. I mean, he's still gonna work out a lot. Definitely gonna work like, out. You know, I mean, Probably it's less, not, less it's tanning. Not that. Yeah, might be. have to work in the laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is tasteless. That's good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Let's, we, should, let's, we, should, we should probably let's, be done. Let's cut things. <laughs> that was good. That was a good one to leave off on. Yeah. Well, I, I like that nice dated mooch reference. I would say finish, finish your drink, a reference to Anthony Scaramucci. Also, uh, okay, guys. I mean, the, that original clip was from January. Yeah. So that makes right. sense. The Scaramucci reference makes sense for back then. Um, but I do have some updates. And uh, part of it, anybody else who maybe revisited the Jersey Shore with me uh, and is oh, watching yeah. this current season. I watch, you, you're talking about the, the, yeah, the, family, the reunion. family reunion? Love so it. So he's made a lot of self-deprecating jokes this season where he calls himself the incarceration. Oh, yeah. And uh, that kind of thing. I mean, I was telling Bill before we rolled, like, it's... All, all kidding aside, like there's some real like poignant stuff that goes on because he's they like really he's like the voice of conscience in the house now, like yeah. the very voice of reason. So let's get into what happened to him since the show. So he was sentenced in October to eight months behind bars for these tax evasion charges. Yeah, his brother that was involved that we also talked about in that clip, he was sentenced to two years. Um, the situations lawyers had tried to get him probation, and they'd made an argument that. 
he committed these offenses when he was in the middle of his addiction to painkillers and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And since that time, he's gotten clean. And we've seen that on the show. So there is that sort of poignant thing you talked about, Alex, where you almost feel bad for this guy. Um, Mike at sentencing said that he was very sorry for his past actions and, and sort of did the whole mea culpa thing that often people do. But he also had this quote. I was inexperienced, uneducated, and immature to handle everything that came with overnight success. So, I mean, I I sort of get it. He was young on the show. You feel s- kind of sorry for him. I get it, too. I mean, that's the same thing I said after I committed a bunch of financial crimes after the immediate success of the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's also good that he moved. Wait, wait, for- <laughs> wait. You committed a bunch of crimes and we- Alex and I reaped none of that benefit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved the money around. It's it's fine. We don't need to talk about it on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the judge didn't have as much sympathy as I do for the sitch. There was some tough love from the bench. Um, the judge said, with celebrity comes responsibility. And then said that part of the cost of making money the Spider-Man is Spider-Man reboot sucks. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Amber. And the, the judge also said part of the cost of making money is that you have to pay taxes, which sounds- <laughs> Pretty simple. Very simple. We, I would like to think we all know that. But you can see how an immature kid who got cast on the Jersey Shore and acted crazy, it's all coming home to roost as he's gotten older. But wasn't he- wasn't he like the oldest guy on the show when he was on? I mean, not to show my knowledge of Jersey Shore, but I'm pretty sure that Mike is younger than I am. He was in okay. his mid-20s when the show originally aired. Okay. I think Polly D's the oldest, actually. Also still the only Bachelor. Um, coveted Bachelor. Everybody or the only the only unattached one, right? Because like Vinny's like always have his like girlfriend. Yeah, on again, not that again. we have to like get all the way into this. Uh, I mean, it does show my interest outside of this podcast. I know maybe too much about the cast of the Jersey Shore. Before we get any deeper into the ages of the cast members of the Jersey Shore, (laughs) why don't we wrap this up? (laughs) Yeah, it seems like a good place to leave it. Uh, Thanks for being with me, Bill. See you again next week, guys. And Alex. And happy Thanksgiving. We'd also like to thank our producers, Kelly Marcano and Stephen Trader. Music for the show this week comes from Silent Partner and Little Glass Men. If you want to know more about anything we talked about and all the fun things we've discussed, check out our website at law360.com slash podcast. Please subscribe to our show. It's on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like it, we'd love for you to leave us a review. Thanks and see you again next week. I mean, Talk but, about but, some but getting into right. some really good topics that we could keep keep going on. It's a good point. I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm thankful for for temporal restrictions on uh, on the way we perceive age. So that's nice. Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thrown by that. Tell I me. I don't, I don't know what to say to that.